Hello, I am Yogini Sunita and this is Meditation, Yoga and Stuff podcast. I believe my dharma or my life's purpose is to share my understanding of meditation, yoga and Ayurveda, holistic healing science of India. I make these amazing wisdoms accessible and adaptable for present times. So let's start. Hello everyone, today we're going to talk about eight limbs of yoga. So uh, you may have heard about yoga and uh, may have gone to yoga classes and maybe you became curious about what is yoga. And today we're going to talk a little bit about eight limbs. So in the yoga philosophy, the concept of eight limbs, basically we're talking about like imagine yoga is a tree and then these eight branches or limbs of the a yoga philosophy. So there are these limbs, a beautiful scripture called Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, the mention of these uh, eight limbs. And there are also other yoga uh, books which also has mention of these eight limbs. So these eight limbs we're talking about, they uh, are yamas, niyamas, asana, pranayam, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana and samadhi. Now, these are all Sanskrit names, so you may think, oh, what is she talking about? So, let me bring this wisdom of yoga into our day-to-day life. Like, how can we make sense of all this? So, first limb of yoga, uh, these limbs of yoga kind of like work like, you may enter through any limb, any door. We can look at it as like, maybe these are doorways to enter into a path of yoga. And what is path of yoga? A lot of time people associate yoga with religion. Yoga can completely stand alone from religion or you can intertwine it with the religion. So we will uh, go a little bit deeper into understanding how these limbs and and what I'm talking about religion also will uh, go a little bit deeper into that. So first uh, limb or branch of this yoga philosophy is yamas and what is yamas is basically we're talking about our these are guidelines these are ethical code of conduct and so we're looking at ahinsa ahinsa is be kind a lot of time this particular thing we also associate with not just our behavior with others but also it needs to be addressed towards your thought process, your, your communication with yourself. So ahinsa is non-violence. And so we, when we have this, uh, commu- when we are communicating with others or when we have even thoughts about others, how, how is our thought process? And can we bring non-violence in that? Then also how we behave with others, how can we, uh, bring this concept of non-violence into each and every part of our life. And this is where the yogis also uh, talk about, you know, each and every choice we have in our life. Uh, if we do it from this place of non-violence, our life becomes very peaceful. So in modern world, for example, when we are living in this world, like noticing your thoughts, uh, let's start with this thoughts process with yourself first. Uh, how is the internal dialogue happening? 
we all have this internet dialogue happening. Uh, there is a voice in our head. I know it sounds a bit uh, weird, but uh, that we have this unconscious communication in our mind happening. And this is all about our thought process. And if you start noticing the, the tone of the voice, is it gentle, is it caring, or is it authoritative, or is it, what is the, the thought process in the mind? And can we bring it towards caring and gentle voice? So that's that looking into that. So that's how we can bring ahimsa towards ourselves. And then from here, when we, when we fill our cup with ahimsa, then we can give others, we can give the same conscious love and compassion towards others. So this is what the concept of ahimsa is. Uh, satya is uh, second of the yamas. Satya means truth, be honest. This doesn't mean that rub your honesty on other people's, uh, like your opinions on other people's face. We are still from the place of ahimsa. The truth is basically here, what is your heart is saying? What is your heart's desire? A lot of time we have learned to numb this truth. And then we get caught into what is socially acceptable and what is uh, what feels right in the society's eye. But a lot of time these are not our heart's desire. So coming back to what is your truth? What is your truth? And meditating on that and being honest with yourself that is it really giving me the deep satisfaction and joy? And coming back to that, that's the, the speaking your truth in a, in a way without harming others. Be uh, staying strong in your truth. That's what satya is. Asteya is basically non-stealing. But in modern world, we really, I mean, it's, it's about also not stealing someone's ideas. Inspirations are good, but also consciously not taking advantage of someone, you know, be generous, be gentle. That's what asteya is. Brahmacharya. Brahma means the divine. Acharya means behavior. So behaving like divine. So what does that mean is really embodying divine. How can we bring the divinity in our each and every action? How can we give others generously? How can we stay with uh, truth and how can we be uh, still be from the place of non-violence and that's that will naturally direct us towards brahmacharya sometimes brahmacharya is also translated as celibacy but in modern world i would i would look at it as more as a boundaries like having clear boundaries really being conscious of your boundaries and also consciously embodying the divine so how in your own mind how if divine being come on this earth how this divine being will behave that is the brahmacharya i think and aparigraha is non-possessiveness basically sometimes we go into the state of hoarding and sharing and caring is the key really so that's uh, aparigraha. You know, there is so much on this earth, there is so much, uh, you know, so many resources. If we all share and, and, and uh, with each other, there is no lack really. 
So coming back to that, that aparigraha, consciously sharing and caring, that's the aparigraha for me. And then we move towards, coming towards uh, saucha. Saucha, uh, sorry, so these are now niyamas. These are basically personal code of conduct. So saucha means cleanliness. So cleanliness is obviously makes us feel uplifted, you know, it also, not just your physical self, but also your surroundings. If you have beautiful, clean surroundings, uh, it will lift your mood, you know, and if it is non-clutter, it will help you to even consciously, you know, that bring state of uh, socha in our life. Uh, the uh, Ayurvedic practices even go further. They, uh, Ayurveda is a healing science of India. And this healing science talk about not just the outer cleanliness, but also inner cleanliness, how to get rid of the toxins from our system. So Ayurvedic practices have routine. If you bring that into your life, it helps us to get rid of a lot of toxins. And when we do that, we naturally create a very uh, healthy environment in our system. Santosha means contentment. Again, this is a concept where how much how much stuff we need in our life, you know? So really what our need, notice, noticing what, what are our really needs? Do we need a lot of stuff or are we happy to have like a content life? And also acceptance, like, you know, really noticing what is it that I need in this life? And a lot of time our needs are not that important that big really we don't really need you know huge things to stay in happiness happiness is really uh, really uh, doesn't need much like there are simple things which can give us so much happiness tapas is our next uh, niyama tapas means discipline so in yoga philosophy yoga is a discipline so anything you want, any routine uh, you have, uh, that, that discipline of routine gives us a lot of uh, benefits. For example, the Ayurvedic routine of cleansing practices, yogic routine of uh, meditation in the morning, asana practices, pranayam practices, all this gives us so much. So these uh, and the more regular we'll do these practices the more beneficial they are so any good routine is your tapas your your commitment towards what is important for you so that commitment that drive that tapas that discipline is 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 tapas uh, swadhyaya swadhyaya means a self study so uh, in a uh, in yoga philosophy, it is believed that there is so much to learn, and we uh, we need uh, we are constantly learning. And the moment we stop learning, our growth uh, almost stops. So, because there is so much wisdom in this world, so continuing the the study, the swadhyaya, the self study, helps us to continue grow. Ishwara pranidhan. That means surrendering to the divine. Now, this is where yoga can completely stand alone from religion because yoga doesn't tell us 
Uh, Yoga Sutra doesn't tell us what is Ishwara. Ishwara is anything which is divine to you. So you may believe maybe, for example, in nature and that's your Ishwara, that's fine. So you choose what is your Ishwara according to your beliefs and, and, and believing or surrendering to that. So the Ishwara Pranidhana is surrendering to the whatever you believe in is divine and consciously surrendering to that. And how do we surrender to that? So knowing that, you know, the, that we human being sometimes go into this, uh, our ego can take over in a way. We go into, oh my God, this is, uh, I am the king of the, or queen of the universe and things like that. And everything is under our control. But the fact of the matter is, there is nothing in our control. The divine, uh, the nature, the forces around us are constantly working. When we start noticing that, it makes us humble. It makes us understand that there are bigger forces than us around us. And just, uh, we have to surrender to that because we cannot control these forces. So acknowledging that, and when we surrender, we move with these forces, we actually move with the flow. So that's, that's what Ishwara Pranidhan is, uh, I think. Now, the next limb or we can say the branch of yoga is asana. Now, this, is bra- this branch a lot of us are very familiar with because in the name of uh, under the yoga classes or things like that, you will usually come across this limb, which is the physical movement. And these physical movements uh, came into the play when the sages, the yogis, the wise beings went into, spontaneously went into these uh, postures. And these postures basically correct the energy flow in our system. So according to yoga philosophy, we, uh, even though we uh, have a physical body, we're beings made of energy. And these uh, and the blockages in our energy can create uh, illnesses or ill health. So when we move our body, and these movements, certain movements, can actually remove the blockages from our system. The asana practices are, are also important to sit for long period of time for meditation. So purpose of yoga is enlightenment. And when we move uh, to move towards enlightenment, stillness is very important. And this stillness is com- going to come from uh, sitting for meditation. You, uh, in yoga philosophy, sitting for meditation is important. We don't lie down. The reason for that is we need the energy to move upwards. And so you, you can take as much support you want, but sitting up is important. And those who regular, regularly meditate, or if you start meditating, you notice that sitting for a long period of time is very difficult. So, so for that, we need to prepare our body, so remove the blockages of the energy, keep body active. And then when we sit down for meditation, we, can, we need a lot of strength for sitting. So you can take support if you want. But uh, having when we remove the blockages from our energy system and keep energy moving in our body, we can sit a little bit longer for meditation practice. So that's the purpose of asana. 
And then we're moving towards, uh, well, the side effects of these movements we feel, we have flexibility, we have strength, there are a lot of side effects of all these practices. Now, moving towards our next limb or branch is pranayam. Pranayam means breathing practices. Sometimes it's called breath control, but I don't like the word control that much. Uh, I, I believe that regulation is the right word. Ayama means regulation. So pranayama, where we are regulating our breath. So just uh, even noticing the breath can deepen our breath. And then yoga has so many beautiful breathing practices. You can actually manage the temperature of the body. You can, uh, when we deepen our breath uh, gently, we can uh, oxygenate our whole system. When we oxygenate our whole system, it starts uh, functioning on a higher vibration. And uh, pranayam practices, our breath and mind is very much related. So pranayam practices or breathing practices, with pranayam practices, we, we can calm our mind down. And once again, it's again for preparation for meditation practice because suddenly if we sit for meditation, it is going to be uh, difficult for the mind to uh, concentrate or calm down because we never train our mind to calm down. It's constantly, it's running like a wild horse, you know, and, and, and suddenly if we try to tie it, it's going to resist. The mind is going to resist. So we're preparing our mind with calming down the breath. Our breath and mind is very connected. So noticing that, you know, breath and working with breath, just few moments can give us so much in our life. And then we move towards uh, next branch or limb of yoga, which is Pratyahara. Pratyahara means sensory withdrawal. So we are experiencing this world through our senses. Constantly, we are looking outward or listening or sensation of touch and things like that. What if we start then consciously withdrawing these senses? That will definitely calm our mind down. So how can we withdraw these senses? So there are a lot of yoga practices there like relaxation and yoga nidra and things like that, which helps us to uh, do the sensory withdrawal. A lot of modern guided meditations, walking meditation, things like that will also come under the sensory withdrawal or pratyahara practices. And then we move to a dharana. Dharana is where now we have regular meditation practice where we can at least sit for a few moments. Now we have prepared our body with asana, pranayam, uh, and yamas and niyamas, and, 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 uh, and now pratyahara as well. And now we can sit, we have regular practice, we can focus our mind for a few moments at least, and, and we can start bringing stillness. These stillness, this stillness becoming one with our, our, our divine being, is, is the beginning or, or the dharana practices. Here we, we start now concentrating. And from here now, if you have dharana practices regularly, now you can, if you can hold your 
concentration for a little bit longer, the stillness a little bit longer, the moments of stillness are slowly increasing. Now maybe you're moving towards uh, dhyana, that is the meditation according to yoga. So here you can now hold that complete stillness for a little bit longer and this is where you are, um, you are experiencing the meditation. The more you will hold this state of dharana, um, uh, and sorry, dhyana, yeah, this word uh, can also, uh, in Japan, a Japanese word called uh, zen, the same concept. This dhyana, this meditative state, if you can hold it for longer period of time, it can take you towards samadhi or total bliss or enlightenment. So what is enlightenment? According to yoga philosophy, enlightenment is where you're vibrating on your highest level of your being. You become one with the universal energy as well as a, 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 there is no duality here now. And this is the state of Samadhi. In yoga philosophy in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, even go further and talk about different types of Samadhi. So we need to understand that each and every individual is unique and their experience of Samadhi is going to be unique. So uh, yoga philosophy is basically all about moving towards our higher vibration. According to yoga philosophy, it is believed that uh, human, the purpose of human life is move towards enlightenment. Now, you may believe this concept, you may not, that's okay. Just moving towards a higher vibration, moving towards vibrating on highest level of your energy, a healthy body, healthy mind, calm body, peaceful mind. Even if these are your goals, you can achieve that through correct yoga practices. Now, how do we find correct yoga practices? That's again, uh, we can find it by really, uh, say for example, after asana class, how do you feel? What is the result of this class? Are you feeling calm? Then maybe this practice is for you. Are you, if you're doing the breathing practices, what's happening with your breath? How are you feeling? Really tuning in, we are coming into Yoga means, the word yoga means union. And we achieve this union by noticing sensations, noticing what's happening in our body and mind. And these are the eight limbs of yoga. I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. And if you like this podcast, continue. Uh, follow me, subscribe, share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me today. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate that, that you're taking this time out of your day. Don't forget to subscribe. Take care. Bye for now.